Welcome to the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle Harrison, and I am a certified personal trainer and corrective exercise specialist. And I've been in the fitness industry in New York City for over 10 years. I've learned a lot and met some amazing people along the way. So if you were always curious about the ins and outs of the industry from a woman's perspective, then this podcast is for you. Let's get into this week's episode. And welcome back to another episode of the Trainer Life Podcast. My name is Danielle. Thank you so much for joining me today. So as we know, if you have any topics, guests you would like me to reach out to to come on, any questions you may have, please feel free to email me at thetrainerlife at gmail.com or you can slide into those DMs at the Trainer Life Podcast and let me know feedback, comments, questions, concerns, guests, all of that good stuff. Okay, so we're going back to our weekly podcast. Thank you so much for coming back and rocking with me, and hopefully we can keep the good vibes going. So let's just jump into uh, today's topic, and what we're going to talk about today is sleep. Now, we make jokes that you can sleep when you're dead, but this can be detrimental to your health and goals. So we always make those comments, oh yeah, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, people usually, especially in New York City, I don't know why this is a thing, but we act like the less sleep you get and still function and are very productive, like that makes you more of a badass. Like, oh yeah, I only run off five and a half, six hours sleep and I have 18 hour days. Like, that is not something you should be proud of, but yet we hold it as a badge of honor. Does anybody else do that? It's a New York City thing. And I'll admit, I was one of those people. And I think after the pandemic, it really kind of got to me like that is not something you should be proud of, especially coaches and trainers. Like we prided ourselves on teaching 10 classes a day, working out, training clients, only getting five hours of sleep, getting up and do- Why? why it's actually not good for anyone's health and i think i have had this conversation with a lot of my coworkers and things that the pandemic especially in new york city kind of slapped us where we were getting like eight hours of sleep and it was like oh i actually feel good i feel healthy and we were over here like oh yeah six hours of sleep is fine five 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 is good i really don't even need five like five is too much no you actually need more than that why is and that's very much not even just in my industry but new york city in general we're a city that never sleeps so we think sleep for who who needs that not i said the cat but we do all right so we need it physically for our mental health emotional health and for our systems in our body to work effectively and function sleep is actually like one of those things that we can't get better, like progress at less, if that makes sense. You know, well, I can just train my body to work off of less hours of sleep. You can, but there are going to be detriments that come with it. You're not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm fine on four hours. No, you might be able to do things, but something is not going to be happening correctly. You're not going to be thinking correctly. You're going to be weaker. You're going to get chronic headaches or you're going to have muscle fatigue. Like you might be able to function, but you are not going to be functioning optimally. 
So that's really what we're going to get into today. We're going to nerd out a bit. So last week's podcast was really me just kind of coming back, letting you you all know after like, I think it was about four months stint that I needed to take for myself. We're going to come back. So we're going to come back and just nerd out a little bit and talk about sleep and the effects on the body. So sleep plays a vital role in physiological and cognitive function. So but oh, P.S. Caveat before we start, the information that I am getting is from Sport and Nutrition Third Edition book by Michael Gleason and Asker Jukendrop. I probably butchered that man's name. I am so sorry. But uh, just in case you are wondering where my information is coming from, the opinions I have right now, or um, the information we always say, oh, we have you know science backed. That's going to be a whole other podcast talking about when you hear science back research or the data says or how research is determined. That's going to be a whole other podcast. I'm going to break down to you how that happens, how research is done, peer reviewed, what a research article, meta-analysis, all of that jazz. We're going to have a separate one. We're going to dive into that topic uh, on another day. All right. But right now we're going to focus on sleep and I just want to you to know where the information is coming from, where I got it, um, so that if there's any questions you might have, you can buy this book and look it up yourself, or you can contact me or let me know if you have uh, an opposing opinion or have researched it back, maybe another one. Always up for a a healthy dialogue. All right, so let's get back, jump back into it. So the lack, lack of sleep can cause problems with a person's memory, cognition, pain perception, immunity and inflammation. So all of these things, sometimes I talk to clients and everything, especially parents and, you know, they might have some things and I'm like, oh, are you getting enough sleep? And they're like, yeah, that's not going to change. Uh, I train clients in a, a lot of clients with kids now, multiple children, husbands, you know, all this kind of stuff. And they're like, yeah, that's not going to (laughs) change. So we try and figure out other things where at least, you know, two days a week, these chronic conditions can be happening. And a big thing is that we want to change the way we work out. We want to change the way we eat. We want to, you know, start a new supplement. We want to find some sort of drink or pre-workout to take. And it's literally sometimes just as simple as you need to get more rest. You need to get more sleep. And I know that is extremely challenging for people but we want to spend all this money where it's like you need to sleep seven to eight hours and a plethora of your chronic conditions could possibly get better not go away but could get better all right so in regards to nutrition because the class i took for this was a nutrition class so it was very nutrition focused with sleep Um, with chronic sleep issues can cause problems with carbohydrate metabolism, protein synthesis, and food intake and appetite. So I know for me personally, if I am exhausted, my appetite drops so low. I am someone who loves a good meal. I love to cook. I love to eat. I love to go out to restaurants. Food and I, we we are together. Food and I are one. Like those people who go, oh, I forgot to eat today. How? sweetheart, how did you forget to eat? I, those people, I, I question you, but when I'm exhausted and I'm tired, I literally, it's, I don't forget to eat, 
but I definitely not as hungry as I normally am because I'm tired. So from this and you know, the way your body metabolizes carbohydrates can be affected. Protein synthesis, which is what helps with our muscles and repairing them after a workout can be affected for lack of sleep. So I'm just giving you some things to think about when you're like, oh, well, you know, like I said, I'm just going to drink more water. I'm going to go meditate. Like, no, go to bed. All right. And I know it's hard. Trust me, please. I get up at five o'clock in the morning. Sometimes I don't get home until nine o'clock at night. And the next day I have to do it again. So I'm not sitting here and being like, oh my God, you know, I do, I do seven, eight hours. mm, Let me not lie to you. I do, however, know when I'm like, okay, tonight is a seven or eight hour night. And even if I have to maybe move a client or do something like that, I will make sure I do that because being a personal trainer, you are serving people. I want to also make sure that I am giving my best and quality and I can't give my best and quality if I am not feeling my best. So I know there's only, I really try not to go more than two to three days before I can get a good solid night's sleep. Now, even, you know, some people are like, I don't have that. Figure out where you can implement more sleep in your life. All right, let's get back to some data. When you sleep, you are allowing your body to recover from all the tasks you have done during the day. Restricting sleep to less than six hours per night for more than four nights has shown cognitive performance impairment, where eight hours can aid in preventing neural neural behavior deficits. All right, so there's some data for you when it comes to sleep and not even like the physical part of it, but more than four nights getting less than six hours can definitely present some problems. Sleeping efficiently, sleep quality, and sleep quantity can definitely play a role. So I know it's hard sometimes because we need that quality sleep. We need quantity of sleep and we need to sleep efficiently. And that's like dropping into that um, REM cycle of your sleep. I know we all, I, a lot of people wear the rings now. We have, what is it? The aura ring, the whoop to tell you, you know, that quality of sleep. Sometimes I think that's good. Sometimes I think that's bad, like oversaturating ourselves with data and not listening to our bodies. It can be a, a positive and a negative, and that's a, another conversation. But let's talk about melatonin now. So melatonin is a hormone that's released from the penile gland at the base of the brain that transmits in, transmits information regarding light and dark cycles and influences the sleep-wake cycle by inducing a sleep-promoting effect. So this is one of those things they talk about, especially for people who like nurses or anybody who does overnight work. Um, It's challenging because our bodies are literally programmed internally for a, a light and dark cycle. When it gets dark outside, we should get sleepy. But if you work nights like an ER nurse or you're a cop or anything like that, or anybody who does that overnight work, even overnight construction workers, like you see them on the side of the road, Our bodies want to sleep when it's dark. Our bodies want to be up when it's light. So light exposure of the retinas results in a suppression of melatonin secretion. So some nutritional interventions that increase the availability or reduce the plasma concentration can increase melatonin production. And there's a lot more technical terms, but I'm simplifying a lot of this stuff. So um, One of the things with that is when they say like we shouldn't be on our phones before we go to bed because of the light, we need to 
get into a nice dark room. We need our eyes. And, I, and trust me, I am not queen of any of this. I'm aware of it, but does it mean I do it? Not all the time. I love to scroll TikTok before I go to bed or watch like a really dumb Netflix show. So I fall asleep during it. So I'm telling you what we should be doing. Do I do it every night? No. Do I try and do it at least a few nights a week so I have better quality sleep? Absolutely. Especially on those nights that I know I'm going to be getting less than six hours or, you know, five and a half. I definitely will try and just put my phone down or even play some nice soft music as opposed to my eyes looking at light to help make a difference. Does it work? A little bit. Is it subliminal? Possibly a little bit. Um, and let's talk about now what food and different things can help with sleep. So like I said, the focus that I took in my previous class was on how nutrition and sleep can correlate to one another. Um, I know, again, I am one of those people that scrolls TikTok at the end of the day, like I just said. And I remember a while back, there was a tart cherry juice trend going on about, oh, if you have trouble sleeping, you know, you should drink tart cherry juice. Well, here is what the text says about tart cherry juice. It says tart cherry juice, which contains relatively large amounts of phytochemicals, including melatonin. The ingestion of tart cherry juice has been shown to increase urinary melatonin. When consumed for one week period, it was shown to result in modest improvements in sleep time and quality compared with placebo. Now, is this going to work for everybody? No, because we're all different. If everything was going to work for everybody, there'd only be one workout, one thing to do, and it wouldn't be like a zillion dollar business. But certain data shows that tart cherry juice taken for a week can help with sleep. So the trend was true. All right. One of the things is carbohydrate ingestion um, can help with sleep quality and quantity of sleep. So carbohydrate meals consumed in the hour before bedtime improve sleep quality and reduce wakefulness. Solids um, compared with um, solid carbohydrates with liquid meals tend to reduce sleep onset latency, time to fall asleep up to three hours after ingestion. And a high glycemic index food significant, significantly improves sleep onset compared to a low glycemic index meal if it is consumed four hours, but not one hour before bedtime. All right, so our quality and quantities of food can affect our quality and quantity of sleep. So that's how when we say health and fitness really correlate together. So some people just want to work out and really not eat healthy or some people want to eat healthy but not work out. They work together and there is just this holistic thing about fitness, about health that we we kind of need to get together. Like people don't want to eat carbs or a low carb, but carbs will help you sleep. They'll will give you a more restful night's sleep. So let's not look at certain foods as good or bad or the devil, but definitely that quality of food that we're eating when we're eating it compared to sleep and see how you feel. There are different natural sleep aids, including passion flower, kava, St. John's wort, lysine, glycine, magnesium, lavender, skullcap, lemon balm, magnolia bark, and nucleotides. 
Now, all of these have not been adequately investigated in the scientific literature. Many can be found in supplements that are claimed to improve sleep quantity and quality. All right, so always remember that. So the things I named have been known, like I've known about St. John's where I've known about passion flower and kava and things to that nature and magnesium. However, the data does not support it. But does that mean it necessarily doesn't work? No, we have tons of old wives tales and you have things from different cultures where this is what they were utilized from like the medicine man. Now, does the data say it works? It does not. It's not conclusive enough. That's what we'll say for a scientific term there. But does it mean it won't work for you? I would suggest doing the tart cherry juice first, only because we do have data to back that can help, where these other things, it's just, you know, may work for you. But does the data say it will? Hmm. But some things, nutritional interventions that you can do for sleep are high glycemic index foods, such as pasta, bread, potatoes might help. High protein diets may result in improved sleep. High fat diets may negatively influence total sleep time. So it'd be very interested to see a study done on people who do more of the keto diet, like a high fat diet, and how is their sleep compared to someone who is a higher carbohydrate or higher protein person. That is something I would be very interested in. I wonder if there are any studies on that, and I would love to look that up. When total caloric intake is decreased, sleep quality may be disturbed. That I can definitely see if someone is on a caloric deficit, but that caloric deficit is too restrictive. Then, you know, are you waking up in the middle of the night hungry? I definitely remember when I was not in the industry, but I definitely was, you know, not eating enough. I was on that 1200 calorie thing and, you know, no eating carbs back in the day when I was a teenager and stuff. That was one of the main reasons I got into fitness was because I was like, I'm not living the rest of my life starving and being a cardio junkie. And that's what bought me into just really immersing myself in fitness. But I definitely remember being hungry. So reducing your calories by too much can affect your sleep. Small dose, uh, let's see what else, the hormone melatonin and foods that have a high melatonin concentration, such as tart juice, may, may decrease sleep onset time, and subjective sleep quality may be improved with ingestion of the herb valerine. All right, so there is some data and information for you about sleep, about the foods that affect sleep, and about how sleep can affect your day-to-day -day life, not even just in fitness, but in your cognitive and neural performance. So when you think that sleep is just, oh, whatever, you know, sleep when I'm good, I'm too busy, six hours is more than enough for me. No, it's not. Okay, that's me clapping my hands at whoever says that because um, I definitely was one of those people. My coworkers and I, we were one of those people. You know, my, my friend, she used to come into work. Oh, guys, I got six hours last night. Ooh, I feel amazing. And I said, living in New York City during the pandemic, we were able, we were training, you know, virtually or doing classes online and getting full nights of sleep. And all of us collectively, like we used to do, uh, what was the name? House Party. Oh, my God. That app was short-lived. We would do house party and all these things and we'd be on like a collective call or a zoom and 
it's like guys we'd be like how does it feel to sleep and we all were like uh, one of my friends she was like i have these dark circles under my eyes she goes i just thought it was like genetics or my age i was just getting older she literally went no it was me not getting sleep she was i don't have these dark circles under my eyes anymore it was i just needed to get sleep one of my other friends um unfortunately post pandemic he had to work a lot of our our commissions, our classes, our rates and stuff got reduced. So he had to work twice as much when everything opened up and his blood pressure went sky high. Like to the point it was a running joke that just periodically throughout the day, we put a blood pressure cuff on him and see where he was because he was only sleeping about four hours. He was working triple the amount he was working. We would just throw the blood pressure cuff. Like it was a, a, a poor joke. You're like, Hey, you know, how you doing today? He'd be like, oh, I'm still alive, but it's still high. That's what happens. Like silent killers, you know, because he was like, well, I'm only sleeping like five hours a night because all of the trains in the city weren't working at a certain time. So he would have to get up extra early to be able to get to different places, clients and studios and things like that. So on the outside, he looked fine, but his blood pressure was not okay. And again, lack of sleep. I used to have a sharp shooting pain down the side of my neck, and I usually get it when I'm exhausted. When I'm tired and I'm not getting enough sleep and I'm also not eating right, I get a sharp shooting pain down the side of my neck, and that's when I know, okay, I need to make sure I rest or it can affect my work. It's going to make me sick. And I use my body to work. So I'm like, if I get sick or I can't move or God forbid I break or strain something, there goes my check. So I will sometimes be stop and like tell clients, hey, I need to move our session this week or I need to cancel something so I can get rest to make sure, again, that I'm putting forth the best product for my clients because I want to make sure I'm giving my all and my quality. And sometimes that is, that quality is making sure that I take care of myself and getting sleep. All right, everybody. So that is what I wanted to talk to you about today is sleep. Make sure you're getting it. Make sure the foods you're eating are good. If you're having trouble sleeping, maybe try some tart cherry juice to get you there. Like I said, there are supplements that are known out there for sleep. However, there's not enough research on them to unequivocally say that they are going to do anything for you. If you are someone who is low carb, maybe try some more carbohydrates before you go to bed to assist you in that. And yeah, let me know your thoughts on sleep. If you've ever done a sleep study, if you're another personal trainer or someone who has data to show different things, I would love to communicate about that. All right. So this is today's episode everybody thanks for rocking and rolling with me uh let me know how you like this one and just kind of i'm trying to get used to getting back into podcasting so if my voice sounds a little weird or anything i'm just trying to you know get back into the motion but thank you so much for joining me today next week's episode i'm not going to definitively say but i think it's going to be on body mass index that's my next topic at hand but there's an article i read years ago when I was taking a course that I found so interesting and I'm trying to find that article from that course. So that's what's delaying that topic because I thought it was just so interesting in the perspective on it and I'm trying to find it, but I can't. So we'll see, but definitely an episode will come. All right, everybody. So you know the deal, drink your water, 
eat your veggies, live your best life, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for joining me. Have an amazing weekend. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode of The Trainer Life. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And I will see you all next week. Have a great day, everybody.